And in three, two, one. Hello and welcome to the Investment Property Income Podcast. My name is Jeff Eady. Joining me today, as always, is my good friend, and he's actually joining from the cottage. So if there's a little background noise, I, I do apologize for that. But uh, joining me from the cottage, one of Canada's top mortgage brokers, Mr. Jonathan Tilger. Jonathan, how are you today? I'm phenomenal, Jeff. Yourself? I am fantastic. Uh, yeah, you sound like you're hiking over there. <laughs> yeah, outside right now in nature, so it's very, very nice. Ah, fantastic. Well, thank you so much for, for taking the time out of uh, being away to, to do this, JT. I certainly appreciate it, and uh, always a pleasure to spend some time with you. So today, I, uh, I understand you have arranged a guest for us, one of many that are upcoming. And Yeah. Uh, have a- sorry, go ahead. <laughs> Sorry, just saying, yeah, have, have a guest. And coincidentally, he's up here at the cottage with me. He happens to be a friend, has been a friend of my nephew for many, many years. Uh, and he happens to work for, he's, well, he's got a, a vast experience in the mortgage industry. Well, in terms of a broad experience, he's, he worked a number of years. He started out as a, uh, as a mortgage agent, tried that for a few years, realized there were some things he needed to learn. And so he got himself with the lenders. He was with uh, one of the lenders, First National, a monoline lender for for three years. And he has since left there and is scheduled to start with another, a trust company on the B side in about two weeks time. That is fantastic. So yeah, I, I'm reading the bio you sent here, five years in the mortgage industry, three years at First National, one of the largest monoline lenders in Canada, and now starting with one of the biggest trust companies in Canada. Please welcome Mr. Brett Nesbitt. Brett, how are you today? I'm great, Jeff. Thanks for having me on. Jonathan, thanks for having me on. How's it going today, guys? Uh, fantastic. And thank you so much for uh, for taking the time out. I know we're recording kind of early in the day for a cottage day, so I hope yeah. you're uh, you're feeling feeling chipper and, and ready for all of this. <laughs> so oh, we're ready for a big, uh, big day ahead. Yep. <laughs> good, good. We'll try to take it easy on you. Uh, so, Brett, why don't you uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about um, your personal history in the uh, in the industry and how you got in there? Yeah, so uh, coming out of school, I uh, I studied finance at uh, Brock University, and uh, you know had a had a family friend um, who kind of reached out and said, you know what, come uh, come work for my my brokerage. So uh, that's kind of how I got my foot in the door. Um, became an agent uh, two years, as as you guys mentioned. Um, and then again, after after my time there, kind of realized, you know, there's a lot I still need to learn about the industry, about the the role, about the uh, the space. So um, an opportunity came up at First National, um, and I said, you know what, probably a good opportunity to to learn and to grow. And um, so I jumped over there, and I uh, was there three years, and and yeah, just recently, um, you know moving on upwards and onwards yeah fantastic so um now this is kind of interesting you end up working for one of the the major monoline lenders in canada um pretty much right out of uh university um so it was, it was about two years after um wow. i was so so i went again to the to the agent side i was an agent for two years um and then i jumped over so that would have been um you know, 20, uh, 2018, I think I, I started there. 
Wow. So you're still pretty young in the industry and already got a great track record. That's amazing. Good for you. Um, yeah, thank you. No, that's very cool. That's very cool. So um, were you an underwriter with First National? Is that my understanding? Uh, fulfillment specialist. Oh, do you want to uh, fulfill yeah, me in so, on that? what that actually is? <laughs> <laughs> sure. So the way it worked was there was uh, each team had an underwriter, a fulfillment specialist, and a funder. So the the deal would come in, would go directly to the underwriter. They would underwrite the deal. Once deals were approved, they then get sent to the fulfillment desk. Um, we basically would have a list of conditions outlined. And we were to confirm the, the documents and the, the details and to sign off on the conditions. Once all the conditions were signed off on, um, we'd send it to the funder for funding. I get it. So you get the pain in the ass stuff. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I joke because everyone who's ever tried to finance a mortgage knows what it's like trying to get documents from people. <laughs> and that's, that's the thing, right? It's, uh, it's the back and forth and, uh, you know, why, why aren't my documents sufficient? Um, you know, this is, this is why, and, kind of that back and forth can go on for for days weeks at times jonathan i can still hear you laughing about that do you have any personal <laughs> horror stories you want to share <laughs> oh it, and, and and of course and, and brett i'm sure you can attest to this you get the then back and forth going okay well they can't provide this one here can we get this condition changed can we get it waived and so then you got to get the underwriter back involved and it's back and forth and back and forth and and yeah it's it's just it's just the way it goes you sort of have the list the list is very i'll just say it's very vanilla the list it says this is exactly what we need but exactly. every situation is different in the mortgages and so yeah well i can't get you that i can get you this this and this instead and so then you that's where you then have to go back to the underwriter make sure hey could we do this these instead of this and and it, it's fun <laughs> yeah, you got it. You got it. Bang on there. So it's kind of interesting. I love, uh, I, I, you know, for our listeners, Jonathan is totally geeking out on having somebody on the other side <laughs> that works with the funders when he's working with the, the client. So that's awesome. I love that you're so excited, Jonathan. Uh, <laughs> now, I'm going to bring it back just a little bit here because this is really about helping people understand how to get financed, especially for investment properties. But do you have anything you would be like, this is the number one thing you need to get done in order to get this deal done or get it done more expediently? Um, I mean, being, being from the A side, uh, it's, it was pretty much set in stone, kind of these conditions. Um, you know, if, you're, if your ratios are out of line, it was pretty much, um, you know, a turn down unless, uh, you know, they can kind of provide anything additional to, to help those out. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, I'm looking forward to the, the B side and kind of, uh, getting a little bit more creative for sure. Ah, so you're saying unless you're like the perfect client, a teacher who's been at their job for 15 years, married, exactly. 2.3 kids, <laughs> then you definitely need to deal with a mortgage agent or broker. <laughs> that's, that's it. You're right. Yeah, it's. Uh, I, I find it very interesting that though the mortgage rates have dropped to historically low rates, um, the lending criteria have become so much more strict. Is that, uh, would you guys concur with that? Don't go quiet. Yeah, both sorry, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
no i i'd uh, i'd agree with that just the uh i mean with the with the rates getting so low as well the the volumes have just gone through the roof so i mean they're uh they they the clients basically have to uh have all their all their ducks in a row for sure and uh are you sorry go ahead this is the one thing I want to bring back to there. I mean, and as Brett correctly outlined, the, the criteria for the lender, for each lender is pretty vanilla as far as, hey, here's what they will do. And that, that's where having the expertise of a mortgage broker who really understands the various lenders between the bank lenders, between the monoline lenders, uh, and then the next step is going to the B and so forth. That's where that becomes so helpful because, yeah, with First National, here's their criteria. Will you fit in that box? Well, not quite there, but there are other monoline lenders who their criteria is slightly different. And so that, that's where, yeah, you don't, you will not fit with first national. You will not fit with like one of the, ba- one of the, one of the banks, but there are other monoline lenders who are still on the A side who have still very competitive rates who based on your criteria. Yeah, we can go there. That's, that's the best fit for you. And that, that's, that's where I'd say my job becomes fun is understanding these different things and finding it. How can we make this work? Let me ask both of you guys. Do you find it a um, – so it's very common, obviously, for people to walk into the big five and apply for a mortgage with their, you know, quote-unquote mortgage specialist. God, I hate those terms. Um, <laughs> it's just so misleading. Um, but um, do you guys find it a common thing that somebody would find First National and go direct, or is that more of a, a broker channel? Yeah, it's it's more of a broker channel. Um, so First National has, um, obviously, their their mortgage lending side. Um, they also have a, a department where um, they're basically contracted by one of the big five banks as well. Um, and they'll do all their kind of broker channel as well. So it's, uh, it's a pretty, pretty big operation. Um, but yeah, definitely uh, a mortgage, uh, mortgage broker uh, kind of company there. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, I find that very interesting because people are so limited in their options when they truly you know, when they don't understand mortgage finance, they, they, they really have like, Oh, I have my five choices and that's it. But how many actual choices are, are there out there, Jonathan? Any idea? If you, if, well, if you break it down, if you take into the entire B market, when you get credit unions, trust companies, there are some insurance companies involved. Uh, Then you get into the private side on top of that. I mean, there are, I'm, if you take in private lenders, it becomes in the hundreds. If we just say between credit unions, uh, trust companies, insurance companies, we're probably 40, 50. <laughs> and and, and, and a, lot, a lot of those will vary based on region as well. Like other provinces, they, they've got different credit unions that in Ontario we don't have, for instance. Cast Populaire? Exactly. Yes. <laughs> there is the extent of wait, my wait, French wait, knowledge. Wait, wait, wait to bring in the French. Good, good. <laughs> that is all I know about mortgages in, Fran- in uh, Quebec. <laughs> Almost called it France. Uh, <laughs> oh gosh, I'm sorry, all my friends in Montreal. It's a, it's one of those days. Anyhow, moving on. So, <laughs> so if you're looking at 50 plus lenders that you could go to on the A and B side, and you know potentially hundreds if not thousands when you look at private i would imagine each of those lenders would have a variety of options as well within their box 
they they've got their their standard i mean if you're if you're getting an insured mortgage you, your options are pretty limited as far as as far as hey this is this is what it is it's it's more vanilla at that point but once you get 20% down or more then the the it changes a lot mhm so and and i and i know i know Brett even mentioned there about well the ratios if the ratios are in line again once we get 20% down there are lenders who will make different exceptions on the ratios we can go higher higher than the standard what's what's used to qualify again based on different criteria mhm um so if you're looking at, you know, 50 plus lenders in the A and B side and then a few different criteria, I mean, truly the options are endless if you're using a broker versus walking into the bank. Pretty much. There's, there's a lot more out there. That's insane. I've never actually looked at it that, that way, but oh my gosh, <laughs> no wonder you're so good at it, Jonathan. Your brain works like that. <laughs> I would have my favorite four and that would be it. <laughs> well, that that's where going back, I mean, I spent the first, couple of years recognizing there were two things you need to learn in the, in the to get into the business and and I commend Brett for recognizing this as well which is I think part of why he stepped back and said you know what he needs to understand the underwriting side and I know that in conversations him and I have had he said that that he fine you can get a person you can get a client but if you don't understand how to put the deal together then what do you do mm-hmm. so there really is those those different aspects to this to the business and that's where my first few years, it was okay. You got to got to get out there, got to market. But at the same time, you've got to you've got to work on understanding how to underwrite all that criteria, what's involved, and how to put the deals together properly. And then and then once you get that, it's what's what do all the different lenders have? Because everyone's different. That's crazy. That's got to take years to understand all of that and constantly changing. That's it. it and and the the words there constantly changing that is the the big part there especially uh especially i mean the last bunch of years we've been such fluctuating markets and with all the government regulation changes it's been a lot of fun so let's go back to brett here brett coming in you said uh three years you've been uh working for first national that's a very interesting time to go into uh, one of the model line lenders and learn the trade. What, uh, what do you find has been the biggest change over the last two years? Um, good question. I mean, with, with the, I mean, COVID and, and uh, you know, everyone kind of shutting down for a while, kind of, uh, you know, working from home, we've noticed, um, kind of a lot more refinances um i guess clients taking money out of their house uh, you know to to pay for whatever they're paying for right uh house upgrades or you know what whatever else they're they're expensing for but the amount of refinances we found seemed to go, go up a lot for sure in the last uh, last little bit hmm. that's interesting jonathan have you found the same thing yeah, I mean, especially with the increase in property values, a lot of people uh, have recognized they're sitting on a lot of equity. Mm-hmm. So it, uh, if they're able to use that, be it to consolidate debt or to accelerate, I'll just say, accelerate their financial situation by using that money to invest, uh, especially with rates where they are right now, that's where people are taking advantage of those rates and the, the built up equity because of, of increases in property value. Mm-hmm. All right. So Jonathan, I'm going to turn the tables here for a minute. 
I want you to ask Brett some questions because I know you've got a million things you want to ask him. <laughs> um, well, they usually come up on specific deals. And I'm like, why the hell are you asking for this one here? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I get that a lot. <laughs> so why the hell are you asking for it, Brett? <laughs> Good question. Um, <laughs> I mean, that's always a tough one for me, just, uh, you know, not being the underwriter on the deal. Um, I kind of get the, uh, the earful from the, from the brokers, but, uh, yeah, it's, uh, again, I'm not too sure, um, you know, why they condition for certain things, but, um, that's kind of part of my, my journey is to, to get to that next step and, and kind of, uh, learn that side more. So I, uh, I can give you a better answer. <laughs> So, so let, let, let me ask you one question. This is the question that yeah. comes, comes from my personal belief and, and tell me if it's true or not. You said about getting the earful from somebody. Now, yeah. if, are there brokers who you will give preferential treatment to just based on them, how, how they treat you versus, as you say, getting that earful? Um, short answer would probably be yes. Um, <laughs> just in the sense of like, not again it's not um against the 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 rules i mean i might do certain deal before another deal just uh kind of um you know some brokers can be kind of pushy at times you know send me an update send me an update send me an update send me an update and it's like sometimes it just becomes too much so you say you know what if i could just answer this uh get an update sent out right now um you know might make my rest of my day a little bit easier um but you know we we kind of uh we work off deadlines right so um turnaround time we try to we try to have a 24-hour turnaround time on all emails anyways um and then when you get two or three follow-ups within that 24 hours it's when it gets a little uh a little bit excessive wow really that pushy yeah eh? yeah it's uh crazy man it's crazy that uh that I, I jonathan you ever experienced that well i'll just i'll just say first national just what first national is known for in the industry is they're they're known for being one of the quickest turnaround lenders so it, it's kind of good and bad towards first national and that uh and that yeah they'll get deals where hey we need a quick turnaround be it a quick commitment or a quick funding but at the same time, it's bad because you get all that stuff where, hey, we need this thing. It's got to fund in three days. You guys can do it. And so it goes to you. And so it puts more, even more pressure on your deadlines. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Yep. That's, uh, that sounds stressful. <laughs> <laughs> it can be at times. Yeah. All right. So since we're in that vein, I'm not one to talk about positive, uh, uh, negative things. I'm more of a positive guy, but do you have deals fall apart in the 11th hour because of the lack of documentation? Yeah, yeah we've had that. Uh, we've had that before. Um, you know, the conditions are, are set on the commitment right from the start. Um, so, so kind of all parties understand what's, what's required. Um, and, and yeah, exactly what you said last day, day of funding, um, you know, documents are still outstanding or um, not sufficient and 
um, yeah, we'd have to we'd have to push them, get extensions. Um, it it does happen, not too often, but it, there are there are um, cases where it does. Yeah. Now, staying in that same vein, uh, one of the things that is stressed, I found probably more than anything else in uh, the mortgage course when I took it was um, ethics and fraud. Do you come yep. across a lot of that? Um, there have been, um, in my three years here, there, there've been a couple, a couple of deals. Um, again, first national has a, has a fraud department that, mm-hmm. that they'll, they kind of, uh, will review documents as well. And, and you know what, I've, I've seen some, some fraudulent, uh, documents that you put up against a real, a real document and you, you can't tell the difference. So, I mean, really? It's uh yeah it's pretty it's pretty spooky what uh what some of these these people can do and and I guess try to get away with but uh yeah they're pretty uh FN's pretty pretty on top of uh on that stuff we'll uh we'll see some some deals get uh, get red flagged um out of the blue and it's uh it's due to uh suspected fraud for sure Wow. Jonathan, have you experienced uh, a lot of document um, forgery in your experience? I've, I've had a few encounters with it. Uh, I mean, say I got caught, I got caught a couple times early in my career, but I learned to really watch for it. And I've called things out like before, before it gets, before you get, I I, I want to clarify before you continue, when you say you got caught, you mean you got caught by people do it committing the fraud, not you being caught as a fraudster. <laughs> by by somebody who I was working with as a client who gave me documents and went okay. to the lender and Just for and yeah, then, 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 then I mean early in my career I had to then essentially okay you know what I had to come clean with the lender this and that and basically got put on probation with the lender to make sure because they the lenders do take it incredibly seriously as you said the fraud departments mm-hmm. uh, pretty much all the lenders have them. And most of most of the people in the fraud department, from what I've heard, are uh, retired police officers or former police officers who have experience dealing with those things. That's, that's uh, so, amazing. Now, I know you uh, you and I have well, we've had many discussions about specific cases, but um, you had an, uh, a brokerage of over 90 agents, JT. Um, did you ever have to fire an agent for that? I've done it several times. Yes. Really? eh? That's crazy. So it's, and, it's and still, it, still- it, and no, no different than what I went through with the lender when it happened with me. And that is they're essentially doing an investigation, find out was the agent aware of it. If they're not aware of it, let's go through education. Let's go through all these things. If they were aware of it and there been a couple situations where it became evident as soon as I went through the documentation, like you gave me the complete file and me review it as soon as I went through it, you knew about this. They, they play ignorant, but it's like, no, what's in that file? You knew about it. Yeah. So, yeah. And I, you know, I've known agents that will forge uh, income documents and, and everything else. And to me, I don't know if you guys would agree with this. I don't see longevity in a career like that. No, no. it, it could. It can, it can be, you can make a, a, sh- a quick buck. And I know there are people who charge fees to get that stuff done. Hey, we'll create, but yeah, the longevity is not there because ultimately, ultimately you get cut off. Okay. First national won't deal with you. MCAP won't deal with you. The banks won't deal with you. And so now you got nowhere to go with deals. 
Yeah, and and you and I have seen that actually with deals that we've worked on in the past, where where we've uh, talked about dealing with people and like, nope, won't deal with that person. Yeah, exactly. Um, sorry, uh, Brett, uh, I, I heard you were going to say something there, and and you got stepped on. No, no, I was just agreeing agreeing with what uh, what you guys are saying. Yeah. So JT, what's another hard question you would have for a monoline lender? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. You don't, you don't get the, you're usually in the hot seat. You don't, you don't get to uh, put somebody else in it. So come on, man, do earn your keep. <laughs> oh, I say I'm past the hard questions just because I, I know, I know the criteria. So once you know the criteria, the hard questions are gone. Yeah, <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. So um, I mean, for, 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 for me, the important part, I'll just say the important part, this goes with every lender and, and part of what my job is, is to learn who the escalation people are. Mm. And what, what I mean by that is, okay, we've got this going back to the documentation list. We've got this, okay, we need these, these 10 criteria. I can't make this one here. All right. I know, I know that Brett, you can't make the call saying, can we make an exception on this one? Even the underwriter, they may or may not be able to, because ultimately they've got to go, they got to climb the, the ladder on the rung. But if I know the person who's on the ladder on the rung above and I just say, hey, here's my deal. Here's my criteria. Uh, here's the exception I need. Can you do it? Oh, yeah, we can do that. Okay, cool. Let's do it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'd, um, I'd agree with that in, uh, in, in knowing, knowing that kind of list because that, uh, that can save uh, quite a bit of time. I, I agree. All right. I think we've uh, I think we've we've had a good discussion here, gentlemen. I'm looking at the time, and we're probably about where we want to be on this one. Do you guys have anything else you want to say before we wrap it up? Wow! Hey, don't all go at the same time. <laughs> no, no, I'm 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 good. We, we, I, I, we, we, we were both being Canadian there and being polite. The other person go first. <laughs> no, I uh, I appreciate you guys having me on here. This is uh, this is a lot of fun. Yeah, fantastic. Well, we're uh, we're definitely going to have you back for another one. Um, yep. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much, Brett. I appreciate your time, and uh, especially since you're up at the cottage and and probably had a few pops last night. I'm uh, I appreciate you being bright eyed and bushy tailed for us today, Jonathan. I always appreciate you, sir. You're uh, you are you're you're something else. Uh <laughs> always a pleasure, Jeff. Love love talking with you, and thank you to everyone for tuning in. Yes. And I want to say thank you for listening. If you want to find out more about uh, uh, Jonathan or Brett, you can always shoot us an email at uh, Jonathan at a mortgage plan.com. Or should you choose to find out more about how to become an investor, by all means, you can download our um what is it? It's a book. Yes, that's what it is. Uh, the Investment Property Income Book at investmentpropertyincomebook.com and uh, find our podcast on Google Play, Spotify, Buzzsprout, all of those different things that are wonderful, wonderful places to host podcasts. You can find us pretty much everywhere. Oh boy, I'm glad this one's over, guys. I'm sorry, I'm having troubles. Have a fantastic day. Thanks so much to Brett and Jonathan for joining us. We'll talk to you soon, and I can't wait for it. Cheers, guys. See ya. <laughs>